Tonight we're talking about a fun topic, all right? We're talking about conflict. Say conflict. conflict. Now here's the deal about conflict. We live, we live with conflict every day. Everyone has conflict, and few people manage conflict well. Okay, so I know that some of you are just, you're here, but you're not here. So I want you to see this beautiful chair out in front of me. I always put it in front of me. Some of you know what this is about, but I always have a Jesus chair wherever I speak because I hope that you came here for Jesus. I hope that even though your friends are looking good tonight, they look fresh, they look, I mean, they smell nice. I don't know what it is. They're just here, and you're glad that they're, look, that's great. But hopefully you're open to what Jesus has to say to you tonight. And so I put the Jesus chair out front so that it reminds you why you're here. So let's, let's just pray again, because you can't pray too much. And let's just, let's just hone it in for a few minutes, okay? All right, let's pray. God, thank you for your presence. And your presence isn't just in a worship song. Your presence isn't just at church. But God, your presence is all around us all the time. And so, Lord, we invite you to come and sit in the chair and be the guest of honor. God, we put you in our, your rightful place in the center of our minds and our hearts tonight. As we're here and there's a lot going on in the world around us. But God, we want to proclaim that you are our president. You are the Lord of our life. And you are the one we live for. And so tonight we're going to give you our attention. And we just ask, Lord, would you come? And I'm asking for, first and foremost, would you come and speak to us tonight? Speak through me. Speak to my heart. And Lord, may the seriousness of your love and your sacrifice for us be conveyed in tonight's word. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. So what is conflict? We know what conflict is. Conflict is, is drama. Anybody got drama? Okay, it's okay. Just be, just be proud of it. All right? Listen, we got drama. If you got a girlfriend, you got drama. I'm just, I didn't say that. I just, okay. I'll just talk. You guys decide what you want to listen to. Here we go. Um, we deal with conflict every day, but how do you, how do you deal with it? Do you, do you manage it? And, and do you deal with the drama in your life? Uh, do you like drama? Okay, really? Because, listen, if you don't like drama, then why do you watch Pretty Little Liars? Or Gossip Girl? Or Drake and Josh? I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, hey, welcome. This is H12. We're glad you're here tonight. I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm, uh, now, look, some of the dudes are like, Psh, I don't watch that. I don't watch that. Whatever. But some of you, look. Bros, don't we love the last second shot of March Madness? Don't we love the drama of the Hail Mary by Tom Brady just to see if it works? I mean, we don't like Tom Brady, but, you know, we... we okay. Don't we just wish, don't we just wish that one of the turtles could date April? I mean, don't we just really kind of down deep, right? Am I speaking your language? Like, look, we love, we love us some drama. We watch TV shows based on the drama. But then when it's in our life, we hate it. See, we like conflict. We love to see who's going to die on The Walking Dead. <laughs> right? We, we, and it better not be that guy, right? Watching it no more. Right? 
But look, I didn't want to spoil nothing, okay? But like, some of you say you hate drama, but you don't manage your drama well. You don't manage conflict. So listen, here's the deal about drama and conflict. Drama and conflict is, is around us, and, and everyone experiences uh, drama a little different. But here's the deal. Most of us in the room would say that drama or conflict rises up anger, anger inside of us, right? What's anger? Not the little red dude from inside out, all right? I love that guy, right? Like, it's the best. But, like, anger rises up inside of us. And I don't know about you, but it, it hits me a little different. Like, and the, I'll be honest with you. When I was your age, like, I'd be like, it'll be fine. I was known for saying that. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. What do you worry about? It'll be fine. Oh, you don't have a date for prom? It'll be fine. Not really, but no, but it'll be fine for me, Right? Just, I'm, I'm just kidding. Jokes, guys. Jokes, all right? Lay off. It's like my best stuff, okay? It's going to be a long night. Okay, anyway. So it'll be fine. But then I started, ha- I had kids. It ain't fine no more. It stressed me out. And then I thought, you know, not only am I going to work a full-time job and have three kids, but I'm going to go back to school. That sounds fun. It ain't fine. I'm angry all the time. My kids do something. I'm like, hey, daddy's trying to do schoolwork about Jesus. Go to bed. Right? Like anger just rises up. And sometimes, listen to me, sometimes we take it out on the worst, on people who don't deserve it. Right? Some of you have been, have been on the receiving end of a parent who's had a stressful day and takes it out on you. Okay, okay, okay. Let's just, let's settle down a minute. Because you have never, ever treated them bad, ever. Okay, okay. So here's the deal. We all have different responses to anger. Now, don't, stay with me, stay with me. We all have different responses to anger. And, and, and I don't know about you, but for me, um, here lately, I have this, like, the first one that I'm going to use is the Incredible Hulk that comes out inside of me. And my wife will literally look at me, and she'll know that it's coming. Because she starts to, like, my tone changes. The kids are, like, running around, like, lighting stuff on fire, right? It's like, put your sister down. No, no, you can't use her hair as a torch. Like, like okay, so I'm dealing with this. And all of a sudden, my wife's like, hey, you're turning green. Like, that's her code for cool down, right? But some of you are, are like the Incredible Hawk. You just, like, lose it. Or let's, let's just go to a video. And, and just some of you, this is what you act like around your friends. I just want to help you out. Here we go. Check this out. me. I am a god, you dull creature, and I will not be bullied by that. Puny god. Some of you, some of you, if you could, you would do something like that at school. You'd be like, god, right? You just like, all of a sudden you turn green and you like power up and you start screaming and yelling. Like conflict hits, anger rises up inside of you, this emotion bubbles up and then you turn green and you come out your shoes. Like that's just who you are. 
And everybody knows, your friends know, they just kind of entertain you, and they're like, it's okay, they'll cool off. Like, they try to help you out. And they'll be like, this is what she does, it's okay, right? Just give her a few minutes, just let her eat. She's hangry, she's hangry, right? But you turn into a credible hulk, and you take it out. And some of you, even physically, because of what you know, you feel like you got to, like, broaden your shoulders and do a strut. Be like, you want to go? I know I just about trip. I'll take you right now. Right? Like, you just get all angry. And then there's others of you that are what I like to call bottlers. Now, this is the most common. Oh, wait, wait, wait. let me ask. Anybody in Incredible Hulk up in here? Like, you just, like, and you just, like, blow up. Oh, wow. Okay, put your hands down. Don't tell on your neighbor. We're talking about you, okay? Yowza. I don't, I don't need her, like, I don't need them, like, coming out their shoes right here in the middle of this thing, okay? Um, some of you are bottlers. Now, this is very common. Shh, here's the deal. Some of you, what you do is you take, 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 and you suppress it. And you'll do that over time, but the problem is that it hurts you and those around you because they're hurting you, but they never know that they're hurting you because you bottle it. And as a friend, maybe you, you're friends with a bottler. And, and every time you ask, are you, fine? Are you okay? And they're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. You're like, really? Because your face is red right now. And like, I'm fine. No, I'm good. I'm good. Right? Some of you bottle and you suppress your feelings, but you're not really helping your neighbor or your, your friend or yourself because you're not communicating. All right, last one, backstabber. Woo. Wait, wait, who's my bottlers? Uh-huh. All right, watch out for them. All right, who's, who's my backstabber? Oh, no, I won't, I won't ask that. Okay. Backstabbers are this. Backstabbers are the type of people that when you leave the room, they go after your friends and try to get them on their, on your side, or their side. You know what I mean? Like, you have conflict, you leave the room, and the backstabber is like, can you believe that? He's so mean. Like, I would never treat you that way as a friend. Right? You guys know. You know the type. Backstabbers are very sneaky. They're cool with you up face to face. But the minute you leave the room, they stab you in the back. Thank you, Mr. Obvious, Captain Obvious, right? Like, they will treat you terribly when you're outside the room, and they'll talk about you. But when you get in the room, they're two-faced. That's another way to say it, right? Watch out for those people. How many of you would say, I'm a backstabber? Right. Okay, good. Of course you aren't, because why would you tell us in the room? Okay, okay. Listen, no matter how we respond, so these are three responses. Incredible Hulk, say this with me. Incredible Hulk. The bottler. Good enunciation. And the backstabber. Here's, here's the thing about those three responses. No matter how you respond, you lose. No matter how you respond, you lose. I'm gonna, I'll say it this way. No matter how we respond, our response is often what leads us to regret. See, if you're an incredible Hulk, you get all emotional in the moment and you say things that can't be unsaid. Or you fight and you draw blood and later you, you're left with regret. If you're a bottler, which is the most common, you'll stuff, stuff all that stuff down. And, and you might even hurt yourself before you tell anyone about what's going on inside of you. And sometimes you'll express that through anxiety or depression. 
and you, you suppress all that, you bottle it up, and, and maybe you'll even just blow up one day, and you'll just like, and you'll just like, and you'll just say things that you've been holding on to for years, and, and your friends are like, whoa, like, why didn't you say something? And then you, most of the time they're like, bottlers get all emotional. They're like, <laughs> and it's second grade. You said this. And you're like, whoa. But you were kind of chubby in second grade. I'm sorry. No, it's kidding. You filled out your pumpkin costume. That's all I'm saying, right? No. I'm just carrying a little wounds. I'm healing still. Forgive me. I'm and listen, backstabbers are no better. See, they gossip so much. They gossip so much that, that people stop believing them. Because when you gossip and lie and you backstab, eventually people stop trusting you. And it's about the time that they're your age, it stops playing out. Listen, so what I mean by that is if you're a backstabber and you've been doing it all through middle school, by the time you're in high school, sophomore, junior year, it catches up and people start to pick it up because people smart now. They got themselves an education, Right? <laughs> Like, they're in, they're in school, and they get it that you act this way all the time. And so guess what? I'm just not going to be your friend no more. And then you're left feeling lonely and regret. Oh, am I preaching? Right? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little. You guys ain't ready for that yet. But the reality is that we lose relationships, and, and we, no matter how we respond, we're left with regret. I just want to, before, before we talk about response and what we do next, if you, know what, who, if you know who you are out of the three, how you respond, we're going to talk about what do we do to get out of that. But before we go there, I just want to throw this out here. I have a question to you tonight. If you were the most selfless person who ever lived, if you were nice and sweet and thoughtful, genuine, wise, and you were an intuitive person, so you, so you understood people, would you have conflict? Yes. Because the person I just explained was Jesus Christ, and he had conflict. He put others before himself. Matter of fact, Philippians 2, this isn't even my notes, but if you want to write it down, Philippians 2 explains this, is that even though he was God, he came down and settled to be a man. That's a big jump. Right? He's no puny God. He's the God of the universe. He was there when, when his father, God, spoke things into existence. He, he was there. And he took the form of a man. And not only did he take the form of a man, but he took the lowest form of the man. And he said, you know what? Let me take my coat off, and I'll wrap it around my waist, and I'll serve them. I'll wash their dirty feet. Yes, I'll even serve them and pay a criminal's death on the cross. So Jesus gets this. He gets conflict, and that's why in John 15, I'm going to read this to you. John 15, verses 18 and 19 says this. Jesus is saying this. He says, if the world hates you, then keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it's going to love you as its own. But as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. And that's why, listen, that's why, that's why the world hates you. So let me just do Todd's translation here. If the world ain't hating, then maybe your light ain't shining. If the world ain't hating you, then maybe your light really isn't shining. 
See, later in John, Jesus keeps talking. He's talking to his disciples here. John 16, he says, uh, John 16, verse 33. I love this verse. It's worth, worth reading. And, and this is just John 15 and 16 is just so good. I'm, and 17. I'm, okay, it's just all good. Jesus stuff, okay? <laughs> but John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things. Bless you. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. That, that could preach on its own. See, some of you are caught up. Some of you are caught up in relationships that are causing drama. I, this is real talk. Stay focused because I know some of you are getting tired. But real talk here for just a second. Some of you are so caught up in drama, you're exhausted because you have no peace. You have no rest because you're looking for your friend's approval rather than what Jesus says. So Jesus says, John 16, 33, I, I told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you maybe will have trouble. Is that what it says? What's it say? In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have what? Overcome the world. So if you were the most selfless person in the world and you were the nicest and you never made a mistake, some of you are like, yeah. You'd still have conflict. You'd still have drama. Jesus did nothing wrong, and they accused him. And look, how did he respond? Was he the Hulk? There was one time he blew up and flipped tables. Right? Up in the temple. Up in here. Right? Like... He's like, y'all going to make me. Oh, sorry. Sorry. All right. We're too sleepy for that. Was Jesus a bottler? No, he called it out. Was Jesus a backstabber? No, he looked at Judas and said, the guy who dips in my salsa is going to betray me tonight. It's chips and salsa. It's in Todd's translation. Look it up. It's good. Listen, the crazy thing about all of this is our response will often create more damage than the conflict itself. That's worth writing down. Your response will often create more, or more damage than the conflict itself. So what do you need to do? How do we, how do we resolve this? What do we do uh, coming out of tonight? Some of you knew that you were a bottler coming in, and when you talk about anger, you're like, yep, that's me. I'm a bottler. I suppress it, and I go home, and I listen to Adele, and I cry myself to sleep. That's me. That's me. Hello, right? Sorry. I just want to keep singing Adele songs, but that's not good. The wisest man, I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you, but Solomon, who is King David's son, okay, he wrote Proverbs, and, and here's Solomon actually wrote this in, in verse 29-11. He, this is what he says. He says, uh, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Now, is he affirming the bottlers? Because he says, fools lash out. They just say stuff. But smart people keep the mouth shut. Now, is he saying be a bottler? No, but what he's saying is we need to learn how to pause. Everybody say pause. In the heat of the moment, when you're uh, feeling that anger, you can feel it, right? Your, blood's, your blood pressure starts to go crazy. Some of you have that vein. Mine's covered up by my beard, so it works out for me. 
right? But some of you have that vein or right in the middle of your forehead. I got a friend, and he'd just be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it'd be like, doom, 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 doom. It was creepy. Like, bro, put that away, man, okay? But some, some of you need to learn to pause. Again, I'm throwing verses out, but look at James. James chapter 1. James says this, he says, Know this, my beloved brothers, that every person should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to what? Become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. What's he saying? You need to learn how to pause. In the heat of the moment, when you feel that blood pressure rising, you need to pause. Now, you super spiritual people, you like, you pray. You're like, you know what? I feel the tension rising. I think we should just pray and give this to Jesus. <laughs> Tell me how you do that. That's, that's awesome. Right? But some of us just need to learn how to pause in the moment. Be slow to speak. That would help a lot of us. Quick to listen. Slow to get angry. Take a breath. Ask yourself this. In that pause, ask yourself, will this matter in five years? Will this matter in five minutes? Right? Some of you passive-aggressive people get all tore up. You know what passive-aggressive is? It's like when somebody says something, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah. But inside you're like, no, you're stupid, I hate you, you're ugly. <laughs> but inside you're like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, want to go get Taco Bell? No, I'd rather have uh, McDonald's. I hate you! Like, that's, that's what you're saying inside. That's not, that's a passive-aggressive person. Was that clear? <laughs> Some of you are like, okay, creepy guy with a beard. All right, got anger issues. Listen, some of you lash out and you say things or you say passive-aggressive statements. Some, so, so inside you may be feeling that, but instead you're like, no, you always come up with the best decisions. Or, I really like your choices of food. And you're like, and then, then they turn around and you're like, right? <laughs> and your friends are like, ho, ho, ho. And you're like passive aggressive. Does that make sense? Like you have all this anger inside and you just like blow it off. Like, no, you're so smart. I'm stupid. You're, you're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. Some of you need to learn how to take pause. Ask yourself, is this going to matter in five minutes or is this going to matter in five years? Many times um, we're responding in a way that creates an issue. Second thing, we take pause and then we need to identify where the problem's coming from. Identify. So in the heat of the moment, you feel this anger rising up. Listen, the problem is not my children running around the house, they're kids. The problem is, is that I procrastinated on doing my homework, and so now I have a limited amount of time to get my homework done, and so it causes me to be on edge. The problem is I haven't had a sandwich, and I'm hangry, and it's the class before lunch, and somebody sm smarts off to me, and I want to burn them with the Bunsen burner in chemistry class. Like, that's, okay, that's the problem. The problem is I'm hangry, Right? I'm sorry. I, you guys are like, I don't think he's saved. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> some of you get angry 
because your friends choose something just on a whim. They just decide to sit at a different table at lunch. And it sets you off. The problem is not that they decided to sit at a different table. The problem is the fact that you um, don't really feel like they want to be your friend. And you use that sitting at that table to snap and, and blow up on them. See what I'm saying? You need to identify what's the problem. So pause and identify. Listen, David says it this way, um, and I know I'm lots of scripture, but it's good stuff. David said, search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of, everla- in the, of the everlasting. You have an opportunity in the pause to reflect and identify what the problem is. And if you don't know what the problem is, ask Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit in that moment. Say, God, what's my deal? And you'll be like, I haven't had anything to eat today. You hangry. Or maybe he says, it's because you haven't forgiven them about this. And then it becomes real. The Holy Spirit will speak to you in those moments. Are you guys with me? You with me? Okay. Then some of you, if you're still angry, after you pause, you identify the problem, some of you need to learn how to communicate. Now, let me just take a second. When I say communicate, I do not mean text message. Uh Uh-huh. Some of you be having a fight with your best friend, and you want to end it because you never talk face-to-face, but because you texted it out. And now you're all upset because everybody read the text wrong. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you don't do this, but your friends, you know what I mean? They do it. It's childish. It's weird. Can I just tell you the best way to resolve conflict is face-to-face. Say face-to-face. Okay, you told me that. And if you can't do face-to-face, then FaceTime, right? Skype it out. (laughs) But don't text it out. Don't, listen to me, post on, on, on anything. Don't post. Just put your phone away, right? Don't, don't you dare try to resolve conflict on Facebook or Instagram. Don't do that. You need to learn how to communicate. If you can't get up with them face-to-face, you can't do FaceTime, then make a phone call. I know, it's weird. It's revolutionary. You pick up the phone, you hit your friend's name, and you talk. It's a real thing. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Okay, last thing. So once you've taken pause, what's the next one? Great. Good job. Once you pause and then you identify and then you communicate, the last one is you got to forgive. Listen, you cannot... You cannot decide what your friend does and how they will respond. But you can control your response. That's why I think Jesus said that in in chapter uh, 15. He said, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. Right? I've told you this thing. This is that verse in, in chapter 16. I've told you these things so that you may have peace. Because... Your friend may choose to respond poorly, but Christ is calling you to respond appropriately. See, you reflect Christ. How many of you love Jesus? 
Okay, good. Then you're called to live at a higher standard, which means you're not of the world. You just live in the world. You guys with me? So for you to respond like your non-believing friend, someone who's not a Christ follower, is wrong. If they're yelling at you and you come back and you're yelling at them and you're saying things that can't be unsaid, then guess what? You're wrong. They don't know Jesus. You do. You're supposed to respond differently. You're supposed to respond in forgiveness. Paul reminds us this in Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. He says, but God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God, listen to this, God sent his son to die for you. Got it. You know this, right? Easter story. Got it. Here's the deal. He didn't die for us at our best. Jesus died for us at our worst. He died for us when we were the most disgusted with ourself. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We needed him. And we needed him when we were ugly. You, you, you ugly, right? Like we needed him and he showed up. So why in the world when your friends being their ugliest, would you respond with ugliness? Why wouldn't you forgive? Listen, we don't, we don't forgive them because they deserve it. We forgive them because we didn't deserve it. Right? So here's the thing. Last few minutes. We're going to do this. I think in a room this size with this many people on election night, it's probably safe to say that there's some conflict. There's some issues. Some of you may go to a different high school than the others, and you may, you may not like them just because we don't like them. That's what we do. Our high school doesn't like them. Peace out. And you have tension. Some of you might have, getting, might have gotten knocked over in TS camp during comp time. And you ain't forgiven them. I will cut you if you look at me. Right? Like some of you are like, don't, nope, don't even. This is my small group. Back up. Right? <laughs> some of you have issues like me. Let's pray. No. Some of you, listen. Some of you have unresolved conflict with parents, with family members, with siblings, maybe with teachers, coaches, friends. And you may not be able to respond to them. You may not be able to have a conversation with them. But listen, can I tell you that you need to learn how to forgive them? Let's not miss that. Listen to me. Don't miss this tonight. If you get nothing out of tonight, it's your responsibility to forgive. If you have anger in you, you have to lay it down because Jesus commanded it. We need to forgive because we've been forgiven. That's his words, not me. That's Jesus' translation. <laughs> you need to forgive. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. And what we're going to do is we're going to create a time for you to reflect. Some of you have unforgiveness in your heart. It may be towards a parent. It may be towards someone in the room. We're going to give you a song to work that out. Because listen to me, students. Can I just tell you that our country needs you to show us how to be unified? And I know that that seems like a lot of pressure to put on your generation. 
But that's the power of what God does among young people. When they cry out and a generation unifies their voices and they worship like you just did a moment ago, it's a beautiful thing because healing fills, fills the room. You've been a part of these moments where it's like you're singing and you're looking around and you get caught up in the moment and you may even get misty-eyed because you're like, what's happening right now? The Holy Spirit begins to fill the room and all of our hearts become one accord as we worship the Father, the King of Kings, not the President, the real one in power. And the Holy Spirit does something amazing. But you can get tripped up if inside your heart you have the root of bitterness which grows in anger and discord and eventually will choke you out from being able to experience his presence because you have to resolve, you have to forgive as Christ forgave us. Capiche? So we're going to give you a song. And in this moment, we're going to ask that as we worship, if, if there's something inside of you, we, we've actually, we've done nothing fancy. We, we got rubber bands. We spent a lot of money. We bought some cheap rubber bands, but we, we asked that you would put them on your wrist as a, as a symbol just to say, you know what? I know I've got conflict. I got some unresolved issues. Maybe I can't have a conversation with my, with my parents, but every time I feel angry, I'm going to look at this thing and I'm going to pray for them. Listen, you may not be able to pr- talk to your coach because your coach hurts you, and, and, and that's just weird. It's not going to work out well. Just don't talk to your coach, okay? You may not be able to talk to your teacher. They may have hurt you, but one thing you can do is you can pray for that teacher. You can pray for that coach. Remember, they may not know Jesus. You do. They may know Jesus. It doesn't matter. It's about you. It's not them. So we're going to ask you to take a rubber band. Maybe you need to have a conversation with someone in this room. Maybe you need to go grab a rubber band and say, look, I hurt you or you hurt me and, and I, I'm forgiving you or I need to, we need to talk. Maybe you don't know who to talk to. Talk to your small group leader. They're here tonight because they love you. They don't just come on Wednesday nights because they, they have nothing else to do. They're here because they love you and they care about you. So have a conversation. And during this time, during this moment, let your hearts be unified by getting all this stuff out. Don't go Incredible Hulk on me anymore. Talk it out. Pause, identify, communicate, and forgive. Let's pray.